could shine between the lines if you would let yourself go find some place you know you can use your words use your hands you can change the world just pretend express yourself take a chance and you'll see who you'll be it's time to express yourself where teens talk and the world listens Presented by Star Style Productions as an international outreach program of Be The Star You Are charity. You'll rock to an hour of adolescent fusion with your teen hosts and on-air reporters. Meet and chat with cool celebrities, exhilarating experts, and tenacious teens with subjects regarding anything and everything that you want to know. It's time to kick off the fun with our star teens. Welcome to Express Yourself. Addiction begins with the hope that something out there can instantly fill up the emptiness inside. Jean Kilborn. Hello and welcome to Express Yourself, we're a program by, for, and with creative young people, a platform to give teens a voice right here on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. From Cynthia Bryan, producer of Express Yourself and Star Child Productions, we bring this program to the airwaves as an outreach service of the Be the Star Your Charity, a top nonprofit honored by Guidestar and great nonprofits. For today's show, Be The Star You Are wants to thank everyone who's volunteered and supported BTSYA over the years. We are thrilled to be serving the world. If you'd like to help us celebrate being a top nonprofit with a donation, please visit www.btsya.com. That's www.btsya.com. Every dollar counts, and we will use the funds for our outreach programs. Make sure to listen to Express Yourself wherever you listen to radio or music iTunes, Amazon, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, Spotify, and more. We broadcast from the Empowerment Channel on Voice America Radio, the largest radio network in the world. Salutations! I'm Kelsey, your host for today's show. And I'm Sharanya. Today's show is all about the drug epidemic in America. In segment, in segment two, I'll be talking about the failure of drug campaigns in the U.S., in segment three, we'll be having a conversation about this topic. And right now, we have Kirti with her segment. Salutations! Welcome once again to Nerdic Solidinale, where teen debaters unite. Today's show is all about a very serious topic. You know what we do with serious topics? We make them happy topics by posing solutions for them and talking more about them. One crucial and defining aspect of speech and debate is to pose an answer for a potentially unsolved problem. In this segment, I'll be going over the history of the American drug epidemic, specifically the opioid epidemic, which is one of the longest-lasting drug epidemics ever recorded in American history, and give you guys some potential solutions for this growing problem. Off to the history. Well, it seems that this is turning into a history segment. If you guys recall the Mother's Day show that I did also involved a history lesson. You know, school's out now, sadly, so I figured that I couldn't let you all have too much fun. You need to have some boringness in your life. It's an essential aspect of life that ensures that there's balance between things. I mean, think about it. Theoretically, if you had fun all the time, then fun would become boiling. It's a psychological phenomenon called hedonic adaptation, where nothing truly stays fun forever. Anyway, we're not here to talk about psychological phenomenons and all that. We're here to talk about drug epidemics. One of the first things people think of when you say drug epidemic is opioids. The opioid epidemic still persists to this day, and it started a very long time ago. 
According to the National Academy of Medicine, approximately 130 Americans die daily of opioid overdose. Opioids are a class of drugs that come from opium poppy seeds. Opioids are used to legal, legally manufacture med medications that help people, but the problem is that opioids are being misused, abused, and overdosed. Opioids include oxycodone, hydrocodone, morphine, and fentanyl, and they are often prescribed as painkillers. Opioid, opioids were developed in the 1960s and were legally manufactured and used widely as an injectable anesthetic that was incredibly effective. While opioids were effective, they started to be overprescribed because of this said effectiveness. Despite concerns that were raised about the safety, doctors in the 1990s and 2000s prescribed opioids for just about everything, including cancer treatment and chronic joint pain and surgery. The problem is that people started to take too much of it, and the doctors prescribed too much of it as well. When it comes to medications, too much of anything is horrible. Patients started to continue taking opioids even after they healed to make themselves feel better. And since they didn't have any pain left, they started to take larger and larger doses to have that same effect that it had to make them feel better when they were in pain. Because obviously, you're going to feel better with a smaller dose when you're in pain. But when you're not in pain and you want to just make yourself feel happy, you have to take a larger dose to have that same effect. Opioids started to become illegal, unprescribed drugs that people took to make themselves feel woozy and careless. It's fairly similar to an alcohol addiction. People drink alcohol to make themselves less stressed and forget about all of their problems. And most likely because they are in unfavorable circumstances, they have a lot of problems. Whether they be in financial circumstances or emotional circumstances. And they do the same thing with opioids, just like alcohol. Well, opi well opioids still remains an important drug in the pharmaceutical industry. The illegal overdose and manufacture of it is the problem. Heroin used to be one of the most commonly sold and used illegal drugs until the 2010s when heroin abuse seemed to be declining. However, in recent years, a new opioid called fentanyl has been on the rise, and it is 50 times as potent as heroin. Especially after 2020, illegal distribution and use of fentanyl has been on the rise. Fentanyl is the leading cause of American overdose deaths, and in 2021, the number of deaths from fentanyl overdose was 10 times the number of American military officials killed in 9-11. That's when you know that things are getting serious. COVID-19 greatly worsened fentanyl use since supply chains were depleted and people were forced to turn to more and more unreliable and sketchy drug providers. And people were taking drugs alone in quarantine. Once you think about it, it really sounds scary. Imagine that you bought this random powder from this random stranger who illegally sold it to you, claiming that it will make you feel happy, and you know, mixing it up in water, and putting it, putting it in your microwave, and then injecting it into your body? You don't even know where this drug came from, what this drug has in it, or how it even makes you feel happy. You don't know if it actually comes from poppy seeds. You don't know if they're telling you the truth, because they're selling this illegally obviously there's some lying involved in here for all you know this could, this could be poison that this random person is selling to you to make some money a lot of drug cartels disguise fentanyl as another prescription opioid that is safe for you and sell it to you saying that it's completely safe and that it's not fentanyl Drugs may seem like a good way to deal with your problems, but you have to take into account the toll it takes on your body and even on your life. 
Using drugs to lower stress is like running away from your problems instead of solving them. Or maybe like covering up a wound with a bunch of skin-colored paint instead of actually putting a band-aid on it or some antibiotic or something like that. So if fentanyl is so bad, where does it even come from? How... How are we allowing poppy seeds to be manufactured so that these illegal drugs can be sold? Most of the heroin coming into the United States is cultivated on poppy farms in Mexico, with several major cartels controlling production and operating distribution hubs in major U.S. cities. Mexican cartels typically smuggle narcotics across the southwestern U.S. border in commercial and passenger vehicles moving through ports of entry or via underground tunnels. Large quantities of heroin are also produced in South American countries, particularly Colombia, and trafficked into the United States by air and sea. Manufacturing of poppy seeds is actually illegal in the U.S., which is why these drug cartels have to go through all of these different ways to acquire poppy seeds and produce heroin and fentanyl and all of these scary drugs. So... Once you think about it, like, drug addiction has been a really big part of our lives. Like, everyone knows what drug addiction is. Everyone knows that there are people in the world who take way too much of a drug to make themselves feel better. And you can even see it in literature. And the struggle with drug addiction is also portrayed in many books, such as The Picture of Dorian Gray and The Goldfinch. Note, note that Dorian Gray was published in the 19th century, while The Goldfinch was published in 2013. So that shows how long this opioid epidemic has been impacting the world and how long this drug epidemic has been impacting our lives and how long it's been like such a normal aspect of our lives. It shouldn't be that normal. Whoa, that was scary. Don't do drugs, kids. There are a lot of better ways to deal with stress that don't involve drugs. Who knew that poppy seeds could be so mean to us humans? I love poppies, you know, like the flowers. But don't eat poppies, though. You can look at them because they're pretty, but please don't eat them. That should be self-explanatory. Usually, it's, it's not a good idea to eat flowers. Unless they're dandelions. Fun fact, you can eat dandelions. They're pretty healthy. Are dandelions flowers, even? Or are they weeds? Can a flower be a weed? I have so many questions. Anyway, let's diverge from the subject of eating flowers. How do I find myself stuck in situations where I end up going way off track and rambling on and on about some very random and weird subject? I don't know. I am a strange kid if you haven't deduced by now. Anyway, that is it for this segment. Don't do drugs and stay safe, everyone. Unfortunately, that's all the time we have for this segment. Make sure you stay tuned for our next segment where I'll be sharing my thoughts on the drug epidemic. We want to hear your thoughts and we want to hear answer your questions. So email us at btsyateenradio at the gmail.com. That's btsyateenradio at the gmail.com. Check out our radio site at expressyourselfteenradio.com and our creative community site at be the star you are.org. You can get involved with the Be the Star You Are charity. Buy books and t-shirts in our store, sign up for our free newsletter, and make a donation to Be the Star You Are. Follow Voice America at Facebook.com forward slash Voice America for juicy updates from your favorite radio shows and podcasts. 
Are you a teen interested in becoming a radio personality? The Positive Message Outreach Program of Be The Star You Are Charity trains dedicated young people to be reporters and hosts on Express Yourself Teen Radio. Visit ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com for information. That's ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com. Don't forget to tune in to Express Yourself Tuesdays at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on Voice America Kids, where teens talk and the world listens. If you are ready to be inspired, energized, and entertained, you've come to the right place with our two life-changing programs at BeTheStarYouAreRadio.com. Live every Wednesday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time, 7 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Listen for our lifestyle show, Star Style, Be The Star You Are, with our host, Cynthia Bryan. Then on Sundays at 3 p.m. Pacific, 6 p.m. Eastern, Teens Talk and the World Listens on Express Yourself Teen Radio. Play with with us at be the star you are radio.com and the voice america empowerment channel enjoying our shows and can't get enough of us follow us on instagram at voice america talk radio and see what we're cooking up for you You're listening to Express Yourself on the Voice America Kids channel, where teens talk and the world listens. Express Yourself is produced by Star Style Productions, LLC, as an international outreach program of Be The Star You Are charity. For more information about our show, visit ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com. Now, back to our star teens. Hello and welcome back to Express Yourself. Today's show is all about the drug epidemic and how it has impacted our lives. Right now we have Shulanya with her segment. Hi. I really don't want to start off this segment by talking about drugs. That's really depressing. So imagine that I just said something really funny and really nice here that makes you think about nice things before I start talking about drugs. Okay. Well, now I'm going to get in and talk about drugs. Well, the drug epidemic is a terrible plague that has set over America. As we all know, the heavy influx of narcotics is a battle that America has been fighting for centuries. The drug abuse that takes place in this nation happens at an alarming rate, and it impacts not only many people around the U.S., but specifically teens. And I'm not saying that people that are not teens are not impacted by it. They are. but Research has shown that most drug issues come from the teen, teenager stage, like adult, adolescence. So with campaigns about drugs surrounding every school, we aren't seeing the results we need. And why? I'm sure all of you have at least one sign in your school that says, don't do drugs, drugs are not cool, or something around the sort. They're probably part of one of the multiple campaigns that the government and other organizations have set up to stop this alarming drug use. Why are these campaigns, though, not working, no matter how many funds we put into them? Today, I'll be talking a little bit about why these campaigns that we're putting so much taxpayer money and why so many organizations are working so hard on, but they're still failing. And then after that, I'll recite my own poem that I've written about self-medication. Self-medication is actually a key reason why many people do drugs. It's to take away the mental or physical pain. And many times it's because our own um, 
healthcare system is failing them. But I'll talk about that later. So what about these campaigns? Why are they not working? Why are we putting so much money and effort into these things if they're not providing us with the results we need? Many of them are actually bringing back more drug users. And why is this happening? Throughout time, programs like the D.A.R.E. have continually failed teens and instead started the opposite effect that the nation wanted. D.A.R.E. started off with, don't do drugs, kids. Drugs are bad. But what happened after that? More kids started using drugs. I'm sure you've all heard opium is bad and other slogans that were pretty obvious to everyone. And it was heavily redundant. It is human psychology that if many sources repeat one certain piece of information again and again, it loses its value to the human brain. That is why in the quote-unquote scary ads that the government shows to teens, there is no significant impact. All the programs that have been set in place to abstain from drugs all carry one message. Drugs are bad, don't do it. I'm not saying that it's a bad message. It's definitely not a bad message. It's a necessary message. But these ads and other campaigns carry it in such a monotonous way that teens don't want to listen to it. If you're presented with the same thing, a picture of someone's brain after they do drugs, every single time, suddenly the value of this really bad thing just goes down. There is this rebellious feel to it because everyone's saying the same thing about it. And the more redundant this ads are, the more they become like jokes. I know for a fact in my school, I've heard so many people make fun of these ads and suddenly drug use has become a joke kind of. And that is definitely not what should be happening with these campaigns. These campaigns that are supposed to stop drug use in kids why are they increasing these rates? Also, other than the redundancy of these topics, it's the tactic that is used to control the teen's use of drugs. Under no circumstance is the use of not prescribed drugs okay, but the government is scaring the teens into quitting or not doing it. Think about it. If someone scares you into doing something, will you remember that your entire life without um, any other purpose than, oh, they were scaring me about it, I have to do that? Is that an effective way of doing anything? I'm sure we've all seen those videos where the person dies or something bad happens to them after doing drugs, but isn't that just another way that we're going to be scared of something? We won't deal with the issue. We'll be scared with it. And that is not positive. Governments and campaigns for teen wellness should start focusing on positivity and instilling why drugs are actually bad instead of a mindless message that we've heard on and on again and again. Teenagers know that people die from drugs. It's knowledge that has been ingrained into our brain since we were five. But we need education about these substances. We don't need reaffirmations of one single sentence that drugs are bad. I've heard this on and on again, and I still wouldn't have known if I didn't research about why these drugs are bad. What components are making these drugs bad? How, how are people spreading drugs across the world? I know 
I'm personally a very big fan of crime shows, and that's one of the ways I learned how drugs were spread around and how I could stop myself from falling into that place. Because I know that I was educated that I shouldn't do this. I wasn't told this sentence. So that's why we need education for this. One example of an actually successful campaign for tobacco was by Truth. And it was one of the most successful substance-based campaigns in the nation. And why? Because it showed the consequences of tobacco, not only on the person, but their community. Something will hit your heart when you know and you think about the impact it makes not only on you, but on the world, about who you're living with. It showed how much better life is without them. It distinctly is distinctly contrast between them. Also, successful campaigns should touch the hearts of teens as I talked about and trigger that sense of righteousness. One sense where they realize that doing drugs is not only terrible for them, but it aggravates a problem they might be escaping from. As we all know, sometimes drugs are a pathway for teens to um, hide away from stress, depression, something where it numbs it all, technically. And this is something we should be talking more about, about how these issues might aggravate these problems, as I just said. Without better campaigns and less redundancy in campaigns solving the drug epidemic amongst teens, it will be a hard fight. We need to do better. And yeah, that's why these campaigns are not working. Well, enough about campaigns and why drugs are becoming more prevalent in our community. I've written a poem today about self-medication and its dangers. I find that self-medication is a topic that people don't talk enough about. People think it's weak when they do drugs because they're in pain and everyone ignores the fact that they were in pain to begin with. It becomes so ostracized from them and nobody knows where it starts. So I'd like to talk a little bit about that before I go into my topic. So people who self-medicate are obviously not doing the right choice. Drugs are not a good option if they're not prescribed in any way or form. Drugs are something that should only be given to you when prescribed, and if not, you should think about other healthy pathways. But people who self-medicate often feel that they're alone and they have no other option to go with. They feel like they have no one to talk to. And I think schools and communities in general should do a better job in opening up and building the safe space for teens where they feel like they're not going to be ratted out to talk about their struggles. Well, enough talk about self-medication and let's get into the poem. Collapsed. He falls down because yet again, another hard day at school. Breathing softly and terrible he reaches. One pill, it'll take the edge away for today. Gulp, it goes in, and there it starts. Hard times are moments when pills will save the day. That's what he thinks, and that's what he'll say. Poison encroaches his lungs, but that doesn't matter because all he needs is for the stupid pain to go away. No, he doesn't need leverage, affection, he thinks. He can fight without it, he believes. Just the pills, they'll numb it all. Yeah, they'll numb it. The taunts that everyone says towards him for being closed off and being shy and all the the silence behind the pain, 
It'll always be re replaceable with a few pills. Yeah, that's what he thinks. Well, Shuanya, that was such an entertaining segment, and I think that what you're mentioning about drug campaigns failing is really, really crucial, and and it improves our understanding of how we should not do drugs. But unfortunately, that is it for this segment. Make sure to check out our radio site, buy books and t-shirts in our store, and make a donation to BTSYA. Voice America is on LinkedIn. Connect with us today. Are you a teen interested in becoming a radio personality? The Positive Message Outreach Program of Be The Star You Are Charity trains dedicated young people to be reporters and hosts on Express Yourself Teen Radio. Visit ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com for information. That's ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com. Don't forget to tune in to Express Yourself Tuesdays at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on Voice America Kids, where teens talk and the world listens. If you are ready to be inspired, energized, and entertained, you've come to the right place with our two life-changing programs at BeTheStarYouAreRadio.com. Live every Wednesday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time, 7 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Listen for our lifestyle show, Star Style, Be The Star You Are, with our host, Cynthia Bryan. Then on Sundays at 3 p.m. Pacific, 6 p.m. Eastern, Teens Talk and the World Listens on Express Yourself Teen Radio. Play with with us at be the star you are radio.com and the voice america empowerment channel want to see what voice america is up to behind the scenes follow us on tiktok at voice america talk radio You're listening to Express Yourself on the Voice America Kids channel, where teens talk and the world listens. Express Yourself is produced by Star Style Productions, LLC, as an international outreach program of Be The Star You Are charity. For more information about our show, visit ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com. Now, back to our star teens. Hello and welcome back to Express Yourself. Today's show is all about the drug epidemic in America. Right now, I will be discussing this topic with my co-host, Shalania. Especially since the pandemic, drug abuse and overdose in the U.S. has been very prevalent. Drugs abuse happens in many ways. Either illegally manufacturing and selling them as they are, labeling them as things that they aren't, and selling them, like selling them as safe, prescribed drugs that aren't actually safe. And another way is continuing to take prescribed drugs even when you don't need them. So, Shalanya, which way do you think is the most harmful and widespread way that really affects our population? Well, personally, I'd say the continuation of prescribed drugs. And I'm no expert about drugs. All my knowledge kind of comes from crime shows and some reports that I read. But something I find not per se interesting about the continuation of prescribed drugs, but... Um, Something, let's say, not fascinating, that's not a good term. Something I want to do more research on is how people think that if they're hurt one time 
and they use drugs to kill the pain, it's going to kill some sort of other pain. I think they hold on to these drugs as some savior from above where they can continue and like it'll be their companion for the rest of their lives. I know that drug abuse is really common um, with veterans who don't have many people to support them through the PTSD and trauma they've been through being on the battlefield. But um, it's really common between them because um, many of them have faced really grave physical injuries. And after they've, let's say, recovered, they still use these drugs as some sort of support system. So let's say in these prescribed drugs, they don't take these for a high. Instead, they take these because they want um, some sort of a companion who you can't necessarily talk to, but they'll be with you. The psychology between them, between this is interesting, but I think this is another signal that the government and the community that surrounds them needs to do better at embracing these veterans and people who don't necessarily have someone to talk to so they don't have to resort to drugs as their best friend instead of an actual person or like a pet. Yeah, exactly. That's totally right. Like, if you really want to see into the drug experience, like, you can even see it in The Goldfinch, which which is, like, um... So, that's not what the book is about. It's not about a guy being addicted to drugs, but he does have a drug addiction, the main character, at some point of time in the novel. And I feel like you can really see what an injurious effect these drugs have on your health. Like, um, so it was basically this guy whose mom had died and like he was really sad about it. So he took drugs to make himself feel better. But as he took more and more drugs, he started to actually feel worse, which I feel like is very, it's very paradoxical. And it's, it's kind of interesting to look into how these drugs are hurting you, but they make you happy. But in my opinion, I think that the first way I mentioned, like, illegally manufacturing and selling drugs, I feel like that's the most harmful way to distribute drugs. Because even in the second scenario, where you're labeling them as safe things, safe prescriptions, you will limit intake because you will convince that it's doing good for your body. Like, any common person would, if they think, if they have this medicine which they think is doing good for them, they're going to take it in limited amounts. I don't know. If that, 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 it doesn't really make sense what I just said. But in some way, you are still aware of how much you take. And continuing to take prescribed drugs, obviously the doctor isn't gonna keep on prescribing you the same drugs even after the pain goes away. Because there's obviously some type of limit involved in here. So, you know, you have all of these advertisements telling you not to do drugs but you're doing it so that's why I think that my first scenario is probably the most harmful one but another strange thing about drugs let's just move on from this is that people take them to make themselves feel better but it's making them feel worse obviously if it's harming your body you would feel worse that's technically what it's supposed to be it seems to be that this mindset that we have as humans that supports this notion that just because it makes you feel good in the short run you should take it even if you know that you can die from it think about it like this you know people procrastinate i am a procrastinator i am a master procrastinator they know that they shouldn't do it they know that they shouldn't push things until the last date but they still do it because it makes them feel good in the short term. 
they know that this is bad for them. They know that whatever they're doing can't, they can't show the full potential in whatever they're doing if they procrastinate. But they procrastinate anyway because there's this little voice in our brains telling us, you know, maybe there's, there's still a few days left. You still have a few days left. You don't have to do your assignment or your essay or whatever you have to do. So what do you think about this, this weird psychological tendency that humans have? I think I'd like to compare this to social media addiction for a second and then go right back to drug addiction. So um, I think most of us have a phone, right? And then most of us participate in some kind of social media. I'm not that avid in social media. I just use Instagram here and there. But I know that if I see someone post something interesting, I'll go down this rabbit hole on like figuring everything out about this person. It's like, like not in that way, but like I'm really good at putting myself in awkward positions. But I'd like to say that I, you can get addicted to social media really quickly because there's something about liking that post and figuring out why they're better than you while doing what you are right now and how what you're doing right now isn't that good enough i think that's what starts that entire social media insecurity thing and yeah you know, i sorry to interrupt you but i what when this when we're talking about the social media kind of thing like we do have to realize we do realize that this is such a toxic environment that we're kind of indulging ourselves in and it's kind of that toxicity which is also making us like instagram stalk all of these people because you want to know how is this person being so better than you how are they so prettier than you how are they so smarter than you like that's why you stalk them in the first place and that toxicity is what brings us in but at the same time that toxicity it's what is hurting us so i think that that's really interesting so you can go on exactly and um that thing about social media i think where you can you feel inferior and you keep on hanging on to that feeling of inferiority it's like something that's really common in human beings too i know for a fact that some of my friends they actually um root for the toxic characters in books for some reason because i think that toxicity is kind of appealing in some sort of nature and that's kind of human psychology where toxicity will be more appealing than something bland and normal and healthy on some level, which is what I think drug addiction kind of is too. Um, One of the main reasons that addicts actually relapse after recovery is because of boredom, which the American Psychology Association reported, was because they relapse after taking drugs because this is some sort of boredom. You need to feel that little high again. You know that it's bad for you, just like I know social media is bad for me, just like I know like toxicity in general is bad for me. But there's always that little 1% in you when that goes back. And I think for drugs, especially when that 1% wants to do something related to drugs, they will do it. And that's the main reason why um, many addicts actually relapse. And it's really, it's sad because they've done all this work. And then that 1% in them just wants to go back and the rest of them just gets destroyed yet again and they have to recover once again and recovery it's not an easy thing it's it's a hard painful process and I was reading an article the other day 
And it said the top seven reasons why people started to do drugs was social glorification was one of them. And I think that goes right back to my social media point. So what do you think? So I think that people take drugs to basically paint this picture of this magical world where all of the problems are gone. So basically when they're all high and they take in a bunch of drugs, like they're not aware of the surroundings. They don't have any of the stress about all the problems, which is why people like veterans, like you mentioned before, take it because they have so many problems. They're all alone and they have all of these traumatizing war memories, I'm sure. And and they have no way to deal with it, no one to help them with it, which is why why you have to go on a positive track when you want to help someone who has a drug addiction, because you need to, you need to show that there's someone there for you and that your life is not worth just making you feel happy for a few minutes or a few hours or a few days no no matter how long it is like your health is the most important thing to you that should be the most important thing to you your life and not losing your life even though this random medication that you're illegally taking is making you feel better doesn't mean that it is fixing all of your problems so really encouraging people to go after those problems and actually fix them that's kind of the whole reason why debate exists to solve unsolved problems to come up with solutions to problems which is why i feel like it's such an important thing to to tell people that hey this is all problems have a solution to them you have to tell them that that all problems have a solution to them and that Running away from a problem is just going to make it worse, or it's going to make even more new problems arise. And even like people relapse when after they go through like rehabilitation and do all of this stuff, and they relapse again because you know there's always something feeling wrong. Like even when you um go back to the Goldfinch the book, um so. Basically, the main character does try to stop this drug addiction because obviously it's wrong to have a drug addiction. It's not good for him, but he does relapse anyway. Even though these drugs were starting to make him feel worse than he did before and make him feel all weird, there was something wrong. Like something, like he got so used to this feeling of drugs in his system that he just needs more. Like this, like your body system, all of your organ systems, they just get trained. To, with that drug in the system inside of them all the all all day all the time if you have drugs inside of your system your body's going to get used to that and you're not going to feel good at all when you don't have any drugs at all so that's why like some people think that stopping a drug addiction just stop taking drugs and then woohoo yippee your drug addiction's gone no more drugs but that's not how it works like drugs actually have an effect on your body which makes them want more kind of like a positive feedback loop that is saying like hey there's something wrong we already got used to this drug in our system but now it's not there and now there's something wrong now we don't feel good anymore you're not going to feel as if you did oh, before you started taking the drugs so that's why i feel like people really underestimate drug addiction in general and like getting out of drug addiction like what do you think about this yeah i definitely think the same as actually i kind of just like you i'm a procrastinator like ma- like just like you said a master procrastinator like i will plan out my entire day and then somehow brush everything all at once in one hour but 
in that little period of procrastination, I was scrolling on YouTube and I saw this video where it was like, why do people get addicted to drugs in the first place? Just like we eat, just like we drink water, like you should. I've recently gotten into the habit of drinking one bottle of water before going to sleep. I feel very better the next day. Okay, going back to the topic. So drinking water and then socializing with your friends and family. All of these are priorities that are set into our brain. And why? Because it's the amount of dopamine that we get from it. And dopamine is that um, chemical in our brain that makes us happy. So the more we eat, like when we eat good food, our dopamine levels increase. And that means that tells us we need to eat more good food. That's like a priority in our brain. Then when we like do good on a test, we get dopamine from that. And it tells us, oh, we need to keep on going. We're getting good scores now. And that has something to do with motivation. But I'll talk about that later if I have time. But something about drugs is that it can trigger that dopamine effect really quickly. And our brain doesn't know that, oh, my gosh, it's a drug. It's bad. Like the conscious part knows. But the unconscious goes like, oh, my gosh, it's going to increase my dopamine levels. And so you see dopamine levels and it'll go higher on the priority scale and you'll take one dose their um dopamine levels go up it's on the priority the more it goes up the more it goes up it finally becomes number one on that priority scale and suddenly everything else seems worthless in some sort of manner i think that's why they don't People that are addicted to drugs, they don't think about their health. They think about the drugs first because it has been ingrained to the brain over time because a drug addiction cannot be like formulated over one day. Like you can overdose in one day, but you can't form an addiction in one day. I think I'm making sense. But yeah, what, do you like agree with this theory? Yeah, yeah, you're definitely making sense. Like, your body, your body thinks that this is nice for you because it's making you feel happy. So your body automatically adjusts to this, to this thing that's making you happy. But in a way, it's actually not making you happy, even though you're releasing more dopamine and technically you're getting more happy. In the end, you just you just have more pain than you started with. So I feel like it's so ironic that you take drugs. The reason people take drugs is to erase the pain. But after they take drugs, they just have more pain because they have all of these body problems and, you know, they can die. So I feel like it's really ironic and really weird and really interesting. You know, everything that's weird is pretty interesting. It's really interesting how the body reacts to something Something that makes you feel good in the short term, but actually, like, harms you in the long term. So, let's move on from this topic. I feel like we've beaten this topic way too much. But, because I feel like we're making everyone depressed right now. You know, just making everyone feel so sad. Like, oh my gosh, everyone has drug addictions and no one can stop it. And no one can get out of a drug addiction. But, actually, people can get out of a drug addiction. Like, no, audience, please don't cry yet. There are possible ways. There yeah, are possible let's solutions. talk about, like, an inspiring story, you know, of a drug. Uh, like someone who recovered from drug addiction and like made their pathway in life really um strongly and yeah let's talk about someone like that who has really made their place in the world after it so let's think about some people who we 
um, who were like celebrities and have made their way after drug addiction. I think that's going to make our um, listeners a little more happier after we just went on that little ramble there. Um, so I think Britney Spears, so let's, I don't want, I don't want to make any assumptions right now, but I think oh, she I think, had, yeah, I know for a fact that Robert, e, Robert, um, Downey Jr. Uh, struggled with drug addiction and now look at him. He's Iron Man. Well, <laughs> Iron Man's dead. <laughs> okay, this, no. okay, let's think about some, oh, I know, like, tra- Taylor Swift. Yeah. Um, Taylor Swift had, um like a bout of drug addiction and so did Demi Lovato and so many other singers. And yes, Demi Lovato, that she's very infamous for that. But she's like so successful right now and she made like a whole documentary and she's feeling so comfortable in her own skin now and she's she's like such a legend in singing and she's she's like kind of revolutionary. Everyone knows who Demi Lovato is now and she, and most importantly she's happy now. She's living and she's happy and she's healthy and she is thriving. So you that yeah. Yeah, that, and I definitely. think one thing that I really love about Demi Lovato is that she took her experience about being addicted to drugs and turned it into something that's more than that. She took that and made that famous song "Dancing with the Devil," and she made that uh, documentary with the same name, I believe. And it kind of inspired many people. I remember that when she overdosed, it was all over the news, and everyone was like. Oh my gosh, she's such a bad influence to our children. Why should we let her listen to that? Um, why should we let them listen to her? And she, because she was on Disney Channel at that time, but it shows that how one thing does not define a person per se. And I think Demi Lovato is one of the best examples of that. And um, she she didn't exactly live a easy life because. Um, just like everyone's stardom has an effect on them. I think she battled with eating disorders, bipolar disorders, and most, like, everyone knows about her cocaine addiction. And I think I really respect her for the way she not only didn't let the media get to her, she um, she focused on herself before thinking about what other people thought of her. Yeah, like, definitely. I love how she doesn't let this one aspect of something she did in the past define her. Like, I feel like if someone, if you, like, say that you had a drug addiction in the past. Say that we're adults right now. We're, like, 40-year-olds, middle-aged people. And we just go up to someone and say that, hey, I had a drug addiction. Like, they're going to see us in a very different light. Like, even though we have gotten over this drug addiction and we're, we're definitely living very happy and healthy right now, people kind of say, oh, no, you're a criminal now. You've had a drug addiction before. You're like a criminal now. I shouldn't be friends with you. I shouldn't hang out with you because you did something wrong. So I feel like, like, just because you do something wrong doesn't make you a bad person. Just like you do a good thing doesn't make you a good person. And, you know, here's some other successful celeb- celebrities who have gotten over drug addictions, drug slash alcohol addictions, you know. It's pretty similar. So there's Bradley Cooper, Ben Affleck, who is apparently the CEO of Nike now, uh, Drew Barrymore, Elton John, Jamie Lee Curtis, who just won an Oscar, and Daniel Radcliffe, who had an alcohol addiction, but, you know, he's Harry Potter, and he's still very successful right now. And there's also Keith Urban. So, so that, that, that's a lot of celebrities who are, like, really successful right now who got over their addictions, whether it be alcohol or drug addictions. So, like, and there's also Kelly Fisher 
and and she was from Star Wars. So like there's a lot of there's a lot of celebrities who have went through this hard phase, but they've actually gotten out of it. So before we were talking about like how hard it is to get out of a drug addiction because your body is trained to that. You know what all these celebrities and all these strong people do? They fight that that little one percent of the brain, telling them, "Hey, let's go back to the drugs." And like they ignore that. They they stay with that ninety nine percent of the brain, which is con- convinced that they should not do drugs anymore. Like even if that one percent is also convinced, it's still saying, "Like, hey, don't you want to feel better? Don't you remember when you felt all?" better when you felt all nice and woozy and careless and when all of your problems went away when you did drugs like I feel like that shouldn't you shouldn't listen to that part of your brain so it it, it it's it's very it's been established that you can definitely get over a drug addiction like it, all of these people did so definitely it's possible it's not like it's never been done it just takes a lot of hard work so yeah. you probably agree if you're on it right yeah, and also I think that drug addictions, everyone, as you just said, like if someone hears, I think it's like embedded into society on some level that if you see someone with a drug addiction or like if they're recovered, just the stigma around them, you, it's been ingrained in that you can't be friends with them or they'll be a bad influence. But I don't think we all look at what leads them to have these addictions. I know some people are just introduced in these wrong neighbor where drugs are all around and they feel like they have to do it too and but some other times there's this um like childhood trauma that goes um around it and we don't notice that we just notice their drug addiction and also a lot of addictions come from these health issues where rx drugs were prescribed by a doctor as we just said and it continues on so i think we should stop stigmatizing people who went through this entirely like terrible process of life and we should appreciate them for combating it and rising up and then the people who are trying to get out of it we should help pull them up instead of drop them back down in that pit of despair because they're just trying to get out of it too they know they're what they're doing is wrong but they've been through so much and i think we should appreciate their fight and struggles and we should make that more well known yeah, like, it's not it's not fair to make them even more depressed, because depression is what drags people toward these drugs. So, and, and you can't, you can't even, like, assume that they bought this from an illegal drug cartel. Like, some people, they just get, again, like, we were talking about your system getting used to the drugs. Like, maybe if you have some type of pain, some type of problem, and you get prescribed, like, an opioid or something along the lines of that, and your body gets used to that feeling of the opioid making you feel better, so you keep on taking more and more of that. Just, uh, so depression is kind of what makes these people have these drug addictions, so we shouldn't, we shouldn't perpetuate that and make them go into even more depression. But unfortunately, we are out of time for today's show. As always, we express our gratitude to Stuntra Productions, Cynthia Bryan, Be The Star You All, and our awesome Voice America Empowerment crew, especially our audio engineer, Andrew. Thanks to all our guests from across the world, and a huge thank you to our listeners for making us a top-rated program. For more information about the Be The Star You Are charity, visit www.bethestarur.org. Find us on Instagram at Express Yourself Radio. Drugs may seem like an easy solution to your problems, but they just create new problems. Stay safe and stay healthy. Always remember to speak up, speak out, and express yourself. 
Thanks for joining us this week on Express Yourself, produced by Star Style Productions, LLC, as an international outreach program of Be The Star You Are charity. For more information about our show, be sure to visit ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com. Please join us again next Tuesday at noon Pacific time, 3 p.m. Eastern, when teens talk and the world listens on the Voice America Kids channel. Until then, remember to express yourself. Stars that shine between the lines if you will let yourself.